Any adventures? Uh, yeah, I was like stealing. <laughs> it feels stupid saying this when you ask me that question. Yeah, I was st- uh, stealing uh, some sort of artificially intelligent police car, uh, barreling down the highway, crashing into cars, moving into a service road that was somehow suspended uh, by rusted steel on on the side of this giant suspension bridge highway. And then we were swinging by cables from, like, you know, because the, the police car got busted up because we were running into the side of the the service road so much. So we were swinging by cables, like some sort of urban Tarzan. So, like, the jungle. Yeah, the but in... concrete jungle type dealing. And uh, I, don't, I don't really remember what happened after that. I went to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> that was an adventure. <laughs> right. The Mexican streets. Yeah. Like you just never know what you're going to... You've got to stay vigilant. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm always looking over my shoulder. I don't know why. Normally, I'm not. But today, I just felt like I needed to keep, keep an eye out. <laughs> no, Guadalajara is pretty safe. Well, the first time I went to Mexico City, I remember I was, I was on the metro. And I must have taken the metro like five or ten times um, during the, you know, three or four days I was in there. And... and uh, one specific time I walked on and I got this weird feeling. I'm like, hmm, somebody is watching me a little too much, but I don't know who it is. But I kind of positioned myself in, in a way that I, I knew the people behind me didn't look suspicious at all. Um, so I could keep an eye on everything around me. And it all worked out fine. Nothing happened. Tingling of the spider sense. Yeah, a little spidey sense happened. I think it's important to have that, to mm. trust, to trust when you get these like nigglings of there's something, there's something not cool here. Mm. It's a similar sort of thing. You're sitting on the subway and you see a guy, two guys, yeah, three guys or whatever. And they, they one walks up that way and stands down that end. One walks to the other end. You're like, oh shit. Mm. Like, there might be undercover cops. Could have been keeping an eye out. Yeah, combos. Do you, you don't use that word here, combos. Combos like. Uh, like gang members who are meant to overlook, a, meant to look over a community. That's a word they use in Colombia. Never heard of it. Okay, because every uh, every or a lot of neighbourhoods in Medellin have, um, need a little protection, I guess. So it's like a sort of neighbourhood watch, except it's set up by the gangs. Mm. No, yeah. I've never heard of it. I mean, I'm sure it happens. Yeah. I mean, I think I think all businesses get get offered protection. Mm. And of course, there's a fee. <laughs> <laughs> it's business time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how it works. If they if they charge a protection racket, or they're just there to make sure um, the wrong people don't deal on their turf or something like that. Yeah, I remember one time when I was on the train, like the Hunter Line, and going to, I don't know, going to Newcastle or coming back from Newcastle. I was with my buddy Luke and uh, and uh, we noticed something was going on in, in the front cabin and we're like, hmm, let's get on the next carriage. Uh, and so we just, we just smoothly moved right through. What we saw later was this guy going, going crazy. Um, he, he was yelling at people and running through the, the carriage back and forth and trying to evade the, the rail cops and all this kind of crazy stuff. And Luke was like, I'm, I'm glad that happened the way it did. He said, two or three years ago, 
I would have got on that first carriage and I would have got into a fight with that guy. And I said, this is practical self-defense. You can completely avoid the situation. <laughs> That's the best way. Yeah. It's human evolution. <laughs> avoid that kind of... Yep. I don't know why people... I think it's a younger... I think I went through a phase like that too. Mm. You know, like you, looking for fights? Well, not looking for fights, but not avoiding them. Mm. Like, you know, you're the, the biggest, toughest guy out mm. when really, at that point, I wouldn't have known how to defend myself. Mm. I probably wouldn't have You probably looked myself. the part, though. <laughs> well, that's, that's step one. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, yeah. looking the part is... A, it's an effective deterrent. In, uh, in all cases. Have you ever had, like, in work as a security guard and stuff, do people deliberately try to mess with you because they know you're tough? Uh, no. no. I've, I've never had an issue. All right. Okay. In, in, in the two <laughs> I guess years you give that off I was working. Right yeah, I, I mean, you know, there's, there's a couple, no, pretty handful of situations where we. Nah, you know what? Nah, I wouldn't even call it that. I'll just, I'll just call it guys that, that have been, you know, done a month of training and mm. done a month trial at their local boxing gym and, yep. you know, would like to show you what they've learned. But, right. But, I mean, you... There's, there's, no, there's no aggressiveness in there, so, you know, there's no reason to... I mean, neither of... Well, I mean, if you can't present people staunch, then that mm. behaviour's not coming back. Yeah. Um, so it's like this... This uh, go with the flow, like I think you mentioned to me once, people, people come in and sometimes they're um, like, they might be trying to prove something yet and they come up to you and they're like, yeah, what's up? And you're like, welcome, bar's over there, have a drink. And, you know, make yourself comfortable. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you kind of, you pick your, I mean, you feel their vibe mm. before they, they come in. And if you see if they're joking with their mates, you know, around the, you know, up the street, around the corner, and all of a sudden they, you know, they want to get in your face. Mm. I mean, of course, you know, you, you got to, it's not a matter of saying, you know, hey, what's going on? Usually you pick on one of the friends and go, you know, sorry, our dress code or something. And, you know, you, you need to have full, fully enclosed shoes or there's no joggers allowed. And right. because the guy that's pretty wearing the joggers is pretty long, that's being roped into driving everybody there. Hmm. And it's all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> we, left, uh, we left Greg outside again. <laughs> and then they usually come out and leave and go somewhere else. Right. But it's, uh, it, it's about not picking on the person that you think wants to start a fight. Ah, uh, okay. Or, or if there's a few people that look a little bit tipsy, then, uh, you know, you, you won't let the person... Or you, you'd say someone looks drunk that you know they haven't been drinking, but you know they're not going to put up a front. They could just be tired or something. Yeah. And you just pick on them that way. <laughs> and their friends will leave and go somewhere else because you've left a couple guys outside. But, right. you, but you've already picked the guys that aren't going to start a fight. The other, the other ones, you kind of let them go their natural flow. But it, like, you can actually, you can decline them entry for any reason. You don't even have to give them a reason. You can just say, sorry, buddy. But I, I guess that's going to, that's going to make them a bit more angry. And yeah, you don't, you don't want to fire people up. Hmm. Not, not like that. I mean, yeah, usually you try and avoid it. Yeah. No, but it's, I mean, it wasn't, I never really had any big issues like that. But then again, you know, I, I, was at, I was at some of the real low-key, like, easy cruising, cruising sort of venues. There wasn't really any... Um, I never had to really deal with any of the, any, any, anyone I'm really heavy or anything like that. Hmm. But uh, lucky for me, 
That's good. I'm sure there's, there's not very many other guards that have that experience. Yeah, yeah. There's not that many that can tread that careful path. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do security here in Mexico. Yeah? I just, really? I just I wouldn't do it. Not. I think it might be easier here than in Sydney. Yeah. Mm. You ever heard no. of people getting glassed in Guadalajara? <laughs> no, I, I think the reason why I wouldn't is yeah. because for like drive-by shootings. Uh, okay. That, that's pretty why I wouldn't want to be anywhere near or at the front of a bar. Okay. You, you, okay. you ever heard of that happening? Mm, no. Well, where, where I still live, there was, a, there was a, uh, a sushi bar. Right. Got just, just drive-by and just machine gun the, the whole thing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who's eating there. Okay. But it, it was some, some kind of gang thing? Like the, well, <laughs> someone, was, someone must like have the been there. Like are trying to move in on the turf? Or uh, like, no, I think okay. someone was just eating there that... Yeah, it would, I, I'm, I'm assuming that someone was there that they, they, someone had a hit on. Right. You know, it's just easier to drive past and just shoot that general area. <laughs> but this was only like maybe four months ago. Okay. Wow. I think a lot of these things happen and mm. they, don't, they don't really make the news. Mm. For sure, yeah. Mm. There was a suburb not far from where, uh, from where I'm living now that there was, there was a group of kids went to rob a, a 7-Eleven and then not far from there, there was like a corner store that was getting robbed at the same time. Mm. And I, I don't know which group was, but someone pulled a gun out and the police just shot him. This was three days ago. Wow. Okay. But you just don't hear about it. Yeah. shop was robbed the other day I uh, actually went back over there I was sent to to water some plants right anyone in a, in a relationship would know there's things you got to do or there's just jobs that that fall into your your to-do list and you're like I'm not I'm not keen I, I don't want to do this uh-huh. I, I it's I think it's part of being a good husband knowing you know what I need to what I need to do and what I don't uh-huh. so watering the plants for um, watering your mother's mother-in-law's garden mm-hmm. is is something that I couldn't get out of, mm-hmm. and I tried getting out of it. I tried putting it off, but I just couldn't do it. Mainly because I knew it was a one-hour bus ride. Uh, no, nobody wants to do a one-hour bus ride during the middle of the day in Mexico. Yeah. It's hot. They're crowded. I went out and I fell asleep on the bus, and I woke up like one stop out from where I was meant to get off. So it wasn't even that painful. All oh, right. So it's like the whole time, here I am manifesting this big negative, I don't want to do it. And then it was like so easy to get there, I'm wandering down the street, birds are chirping, everything's nice. There wasn't any people on the bus, it was a cool ride. Uh, so I, I walk into the house and I'm like, oh, okay, uh, I'm tired. And I lie down for like 10 minutes on the couch and thought, all right, trying to, trying to pull together the strength to, to water this garden. It's not even really a garden. It's just like a, a series of maybe 30 pots <laughs> arranged of like random cactuses. And uh, we, we spoke a while about Mexican gardens and how it's, it's a very interesting type of garden. It's just that there's, there's no natural order to the plants and it doesn't look like any plant that can't go a couple of weeks without water 
seems to die and you're just left with an arrangement of cactuses. So I've got to water the garden and uh, I'm pulling together the energy to get out and water the garden. I walk out the front and I can hear this like a, a whistle, like a, like a, hey, come over here whistle. And it kept going like three or four times. So I walk out the front and I can see that one of the neighbors is like waving to me across the road. I walk over because it's, you know, it's, Mexico is a lovely place and you've got you to say hello to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I wave out and they wave me over. Before I knew it, I've climbed the bars on the front window of the house across the road and I'm up on the roof and here, here I am smoking a joint with a, with a neighbor. <laughs> is where the story gets good? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't, I mean, that's not something that I do. So um, I just kind of went with the flow. <laughs> and it was, it was hot, and I thought, okay, all right. And it was, we, we sat down. You know, we finished, we finished the whole joint. It was actually really good. It was, I've had a little back pain, like, in my, my top shoulder here. Um, and it was now that I'm back at the gym. So it was like, took that all away. Here I'm feeling 15 years old again. So I'm, I'm on the roof, and I'm looking out, and I realize that the gates, I didn't actually shut the gate properly. So even though it's not open, the gate's not locked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so in the back of my mind, I'm thinking... I left, I left my laptop on the table, you know, like I've, the, the house is left open. And I, I turned to this dude that's next to me and I'm like, you know, you mind if I just pop down and lock the house up and then come back up? Well, he looked at me and said, uh, you know, with, with the coolest, like, composure. And he said, uh, no te preocupes, aquí yo mando todo. <laughs> which is like don't worry about it man I look after everything here <laughs> I thought okay well in that case cool <laughs> he's got it uh, meanwhile it's like I can see I can, I'm on the roof I can see the house so it's mm. like there's, there's no issue mm. um, but just in that moment like in that moment of I'm getting relaxed and you know I didn't even when he said don't worry about it it was like the words had more thickness more knowledge in the more information in the conversation and I started to yeah. receive I in that moment he said don't worry about it I realized robbers don't exist you're gonna have to clarify that <laughs> what do you mean a thief doesn't exist I mean I've stolen things what do you mean well I, I, I mean that they don't look like the, the, the burger burglary man from McDonald's with the, <laughs> with the black and white stripes yeah. and all that like I, I, re- I could see how things happen yeah it was like all of a sudden this I had knowledge on, well, there's a whole level of just like culture that I had whole knowledge on. Mm. And it, okay, firstly, it was the, the fact that nothing was going to happen. Like I just knew that that reality wasn't, wasn't part of what was going to happen in that, in that moment. I knew that, that no one was going to break into the house and steal anything. I knew that if something does get stolen or when something happens in a, in a negative way, it's purely, what do what we call it? Opportunistic. Yeah, a crime of opportunity. And I, I, was, I was surprised that, that you were able to articulate that to me so well. Mm. When I said that I just woke up and realized all this information, you're like, oh, you mean like, yeah, it's just the average, the <laughs> just, average, the average plumber would I do remember it. this stuff, something like, uh, like years ago, I would be at the pool or at the beach. I left my wallet to the side of my shoes and my friend was like, put your wallet inside your shoes. I'm like, come on, what difference does it really make? And, and that's the difference, uh, the difference between having something in plain sight uh, or the difference between someone rifling through your sweaty socks to, to try to find your wallet. It's a big difference. Yeah, massive, yeah. massive difference. <laughs> yeah. And, 
it wasn't it wasn't that I just realized it was that I could I just could see the the situations I, I could under, I understood through example of why people would steal something I thought for, for my for for my laptop to be stolen somebody would have to have seen it through the window be walking past see the doors open and and then all, all, all of a sudden it just came to me you know like I, I imagine like a plumber or a painter or someone that you know doesn't get paid very well yeah just came from like a from finishing a, a hard day's work yeah. got paid Laying on the mortgage los reyes magos i'm thinking like he's got to deliver like gifts to his kids the next day like, right. I, like he might have only made 200 pesos that day which mm. is which is like double and a quarter what the uh, minimum wage is mm. 20 bucks mm. like that, that's not enough money mm. so I mean, that wasn't going to happen, but I could see the opportunity of what it would take for someone to do that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we're just sitting down, like, just chilling. <laughs> all, these, all these, it was just insane, these visions. It was like I was dreaming and I could see things happen before my eyes mm. in a second, like in a split moment. Mm. But it was like I didn't, even, I didn't even leave the situation. So at that point, I can hear the, the beep beep, the water truck turned up, like the, uh, you know, the truck with all the gutter fauna, that one? Turned up and he's like, oh, I've got to head down. I've got to sort this guy out. So, um, I mean, you know, they, they got water delivered to their house. And I, I thought, okay, in this moment, um, I'm going to go water. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to water the plants before I forget because the sun's going down. I'm going to end up smoking another joint, hanging up here on the roof, and I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> so I race over home. Everything's cool. Lock the front door. I, I work out the series of taps. There's like three taps to get the water to turn on. <laughs> the outside main tap. This is like you're playing mist or something. I, I was in a align all the clocks. I was in a game show. It's like it's like I've <laughs> wait. The price is right. Yeah, it's like I got I got to like I got to get all the. Uh, <laughs> it was so insane. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, if I was anywhere else, I'd just turn the tap on and water the plant. But no, <laughs> first tap, no water. Okay, let's go again. Second tap on, first tap off. Wait a minute, no. I need the, and then I'm trying to work it out. Like I need, and I thought, screw it. All taps on. <laughs> all taps are on. I got water going everywhere. And I'm like, it's cool business. <laughs> I'm watering the, um, I'm watering the garden. Anyway, I, it was more annoying trying to work out what taps to keep on and what taps to keep off. I'd have turned them all off and thought someone else can deal with this. This is too hard for me. <laughs> so I'm watering the garden and I realized that the whole garden was like perfect. Mm. Like even though there was like a, couple of dead plants, there was a couple of little cactuses called big cactuses, an arrangement of pineapple plants. Because when I was, when I was crashing there, I, I liked making fruit juices to keep healthy, keep your, your, your stomach right. It's like a, good, a good bacteria in your stomach. Right. Anyway, so I like to drink a lot of like, you know, fresh, uh, I like to make up my own juices. And I started putting pineapple in my juices because it's just drinking like straight garlic beetroot juice. Just, you just can't do that all week. <laughs> it's, it's too strong. So I started putting some sweet pineapple in there. Uh, that was all good, except I felt bad at throwing the pineapple part out because it just looked cool. Yeah. So I started planting them. Within a week, I had like 10. Um, no, it wasn't within a week. It was within a, a few months. I had yeah. 10 plants, pineapple plants, which were all growing. Like, they just started growing. So who would have thought, just cut the pineapple top off, put it in the dirt, put some water on it, and it just started growing. <laughs> so that's why I've got like all these pineapple plants at the front of my house memories yeah that's cool uh so i'm ordering all these all these plants and in that i had this vision of like because i realized it's it's not the fact that i needed to water the garden or the water the plants it was and it wasn't that that i that i was sent to do it 
it was that my mother-in-law has to come home. I mean, this is holiday season, so she's been out. She doesn't want to see the plants dry in the first place. So it's not about me even watering them. It's, it's the fact that I had to remove that job from her to-do list. Mm. So, you know, with my understanding of, of like service to others, you got to do whatever you can to help out the whole world. Mm. In this case, my world is my relationship with, with my mother-in-law. So I was like, keep the ground moist. <laughs> so she needs to come home and not see that being watered, but see that she doesn't need to water them. Yeah. That, oh, that was like the higher level consciousness working out. I didn't, it's not about that. It's like longer term. So then all of a sudden I hear I'm cleaning the garden, I'm sweeping the path, I'm doing all sorts of, like it's about, wait a minute, she needs to come home to a presentable garden. Like I'm like the man of the house. So I started feeling like super Captain Planet. So, you know, <laughs> so I, here I am, I'm weeding the garden, I'm watering, uh, I'm moving the pots around, I'm reorganizing stuff. There's a couple uh, Kawamas. You know, you know the, the big bottle of, like the big liter bottle of, of beer? Oh, okay. There's yeah. a couple of those like that... Long, long necks. Yeah, a couple long necks. Yeah. That's what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time we had that name. I, yeah, I <laughs> just completely forgot. Uh, well, look, here we, we recycle the, the bottles, the yeah. kawamas. Because yeah. so, you get, when, when you take them back to 7-Eleven, they, uh, they give you a discount off the next beer. Yeah, so instead of paying full price, you get like the, the return in the bottle price. Yeah. So I realized, you know, there's kind of a prestige in bringing back a clean bottle rather than this dirty, sandy, you know, spider-filled bottle. So I'm washing the bottles because, you know, I want, I want the experience. Mm. Not for me, but for the person who's got to take the bottles back. Mm. And for the person at the counter, like, I don't know, this, my mind just opened up and I could see, like, everything I, everything I touched, I could see the higher purpose, the, the long-term view. Like, I was washing the bottle for the guy that delivered the bottle for the guy that needed to receive the bottle and just for the pride of having a clean bottle. Like it's nice having your garden with a couple kawamas there that are nice and clean. It's like a feature piece <laughs> of a Mexican garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you follow what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> so I'm washing the bottles, back to water in the garden. And in the motion, I realized I'm, it's not about watering the plant. I had to like get the whole ground wet. Like I wanted at least two inches of, of wetness on all the sand and all the dirt. In, the, okay. in, his, in his little garden. Isn't, isn't there, isn't, isn't there a, a risk of drowning the plant? Well, the, they look pretty dry. Okay. And, and like in, yeah, so I thought, you know, as long as it looks all like even, wet. Yeah. I thought okay. I'd, I'd, I'd do that. And in the, in the process of water in this, this garden, I had, just, I had this vision of like spray painting a car. And it occurred to me that maybe, was, I don't know why uh, Mexicans are associated with like doing cars up. And like spray painting, I know a couple of my uncles spray paint. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a um, maybe it's like a. But they do it just as a part of doing up cars. You're not talking about like painting like crazy things on it, like wicked campers or something. Well, like some people or, do, but you know they yeah. they just they just fix cars. Like they they got their yeah. you know, their little business doing that. But then I started thinking of like you know West Coast customs and how it's like usually the Mexican guy that's in there spray painting. So I was, so it occurred to me that maybe. Mexicans are good at spray painting cars because of their generations of water in the garden or water in little gardens. Like it just, it just came to me. Like I could, I could spray paint a car. Like yeah. I, I, now I've got that knowledge just in, instilled in me for no reason. I was just, it was like getting punched in the face with like bombs of knowledge. Of like, this is why. 
And that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. But, it, but in that little reality, I was having a time in my life watering these gardens, imagining painting like Cadillacs and yeah. some Impalas and, <laughs> you know, like a nice Bel Air or something. Like, yeah. um, so here I am like just daydreaming of cars. And, and it occurred to me that maybe like a daydream, is it that different to, to like a nighttime dream in that within like a moment of a second, you could span a whole half an hour of dream time mm. and then just come snap back and it's like it doesn't it doesn't have the same power mm. but I think what's the difference between a daydream and, a, and dreaming at night the fact that you think it doesn't count which one doesn't count well for me it was like a vision uh-huh. and it's like we have a dream and so like you can't class that as a, a vision it's like you, you had a dream but I think they're the same right. thing it's, it's kind of accepted in just about every culture in the world that uh, visions are normal, that visions happen, that people have visions, uh, but not in, in the Western English-speaking world. That's, a, that's like the only place that doesn't really accept it. Um, why? I mean, I, I, know, I know what you mean, yeah. but why, why is it so black and white? Why is it so taboo? Well, why is it deemed like, you know, lazy creativity, sort of uh, just a waste of talent when someone's in the classroom daydreaming? That's a, that's a whole deep cultural issue because there are things about materialist science, um, like the, the assumption is that um, things like engineering are generally important, but, but being creative it isn't as important. Right now, I'm thinking of like the average kid in the classroom. Yeah. And, and I, I know that I was, I felt like I was picked on as a kid for daydreaming. But I'm like, maybe if I only had the knowledge or I was only able to step up to the teacher and say, hey, 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 hold up. I'm not daydreaming. I'm not lazy. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. But I'm channeling serious visions right now <laughs> of, of my culture. <laughs> Like, and I'm just some kid in school. Yeah, what are you, racist? <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah, like, I, th- I think that's a, I, I think you've uh, gone on to something big there about the school because, you know, the, the school system has its basis in like this, in this Prussian military system or the, the Jesuits, this indoctrination system, um, but also more recently, the industrial system um, that preparing kids to be in a factory and you can't daydream if you work in a factory uh, no if, you lose an arm yeah yeah exactly so if you're being prepared to work in a factory no daydreaming uh, they're not about it um, but I think there's also something about men- mental illness because there's a big taboo about mental illness in western cultures this is big yeah yeah I don't think that really exists in, in Mexico. Like if you to tell someone you have, you know, you had a vision or you had this strange experience, something out of the ordinary, they'll, they'll be like, mm, that's very They go and make popcorn and go, hey, hey don't, don't tell me, I want to get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or they, you know, they, they might analyze it like they would analyze a dream. They say that, you know, maybe this is a, a blessing or, you, you know, you're straying down the wrong path or some, you know. Something like that, they interpret it in a totally different way. Yeah, it was that idea of interpretation. I was watching a video on YouTube about uh, people that suffer like Kundalini awakenings. Mm. Uh, yeah, and uh, let's, uh, let's take a break real quick. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, it, was, it was about India, Indian culture. I think it was about Kundalini awakenings. Yeah. But it was just about, um, it was just about people having like these, these energy awakening episodes or don't, and, and the, the, the response is like, don't worry about him. Mm. He'll be right in like three to six months. Yeah. You know, and the family just accept like, you know, this, what appears to be like complete mental yeah. uh, shutdown or, you know. Yeah, going completely wacky, mis- uh, uh, seeing, seeing things, hearing things, um, saying that they're talking with spirits or some, some stuff like this. And, but yeah. that, that, is, that seems weird to me, having like a culture that accepts that people can go in and out of these phases mm. and that it's completely normal. Yeah. Um, to them. Yeah, yeah. I read an article about it where there was a, a, a case. The family was from the UK or maybe from the United States. And uh, the, the child was, was about 14 or 15 years old. And he started having all these strange things, having these strange mental experiences. And um, yeah, maybe he was hearing voices or some, some, something like this, something it seems very far out. It's often spiritual, supernatural yeah. Sort of like out of this world stuff. Yeah, belief, more uh, beliefs in the supernatural or beliefs that paranormal things are happening to them, spirits are affecting them, um, demons attacking them, crazy stuff. Like what, are, this. what are kids um, who are like imaginary friends? Yeah, that could be a part of it too, but that's like a different phase. But um, yeah, in this, in this article, uh, the family decided that they weren't going to take regular psychiatric advice and wanted a, they wanted a completely different opinion, a, an opinion that didn't have all the cultural assumptions about mental illness. So they decided to take a trip to Africa and they, they visited some shamans and the shamans were like, oh yes, this, uh, your child is becoming a healer. Um, so he's like, his mind is, is opening. He's like, a, he's like a bud turning into a flower. That's what's happening. And this is something beautiful. It's not, not an illness. Um, uh, this, it's a transitional phase. This is happening more often too. Yeah. Like I've, this isn't, I don't think this sounds weird anymore, but yeah. I'm thinking even like maybe five years ago, it's completely off the chart. Like I would never even imagine. Hmm. But now I think people, well, I don't know, maybe just the weirdos I hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it just seems. I mean, maybe it's here in Mexico. It seems mm. more more common. Yeah, like yeah. like you you go to the Socolor in Mexico City, you're going to see like shamans in every corner. You know, hitting people with like reeds and sticks and things, <laughs> and, and putting smoke on them. I went and saw a shaman only two weeks ago. I'm going to go see him this weekend again. Mm. He's like, they he, he does magnet work. Mm. I was like, magnets. How does that fix your body? I don't know, but maybe you can look at my knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just up here, like a few blocks away, there's a there's, there's a like a, a magician, a wizard or something, and he has this this huge um, sig- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has a huge sig- like a magical symbol on the front, and I assume it's some sort of uh, protection charm uh, for his building there, and it's like he's printed it out as a poster and put it out the front of his shop. Um, yeah, this uh, this whole world seems weird to a, to like a traditional perspective and I, i'm talking traditional like my, my own point of view of mm. of just just growing up in just growing up in australia it's like i've got i've got two views on the on the world mm. and I, I was, it's like you need to draw from a from a bank of trust 
Mm. Like growing up, growing up in Australia with my with my Australian government education, <laughs> I I have this skewed view of reality and life. Yeah. And then I I've travelled quite a bit, mm. so you know I've met many random friends that mm. have given me like another bank of knowledge and trust, and you yeah. know these are cool. They chip off a little piece of their world and. Yeah, they, they talk about their experiences mm. and I think, well, you know, that doesn't sound that weird anymore. Yeah. That sounds pretty normal to them and I and they seem cool and all right. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that slowly changes and then the more I live with, with my Mexican family and here in, in the community here in Guadalajara, mm. it's it's again, it's like different, totally different views on uh, on everything, education, family life, on on lifestyles mm. on medicines on uh on, on everything everything changes so you know yeah. i'm pretty open-minded now and i'm happy to i'm happy to listen to anyone's story about anything crazy like that <laughs> just talking about that i'm just thinking i've got i've got two dream catches in my house like right. that, that doesn't seem like the australian aaron would have had that in his in his room dream a, dream catches. A hippie a few years ago. does that make me a hippie I've got dream <laughs> catches i just no, like no it makes you more native american <laughs> well, it's all it's all one planet, really, yeah. isn't it? Unless we go inside. But um, on on your mother's side, you like have Mayan background, or or do you know? Uh, like your great grandparents. I, I can't remember the actual name of the of the tribe. Okay. But but my grandfather's uh, he's like he's native Oaxacan Indian, right? So from like Oaxaca, the state. Yeah. But there was, I mean, he's got his town and, and family, and mm-hmm. and they. Uh, as far as I know, I've never been to visit like my grandfather's family. Very few of my family have actually been out to Oaxaca to see like where where my grandfather was born, because mm. they say they're all like witches and shamans and all that kind of thing. Right, which, which is taboo. And you, you have that whole story about your grandfather. It's like a, it's almost like a Hebrew myth or something. It's insane. Yeah, we'll get. I guess we'll get into. I that I need time. I need to do research, <laughs> ask questions, <Yeah>. and write <laughs> the book. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 really heavy. Yeah, to think that they actually, or eat, that my that my grandfather was supposed to be sacrificed. Mm. Can you imagine that? I wouldn't be here <laughs> if his father didn't like uh, put him in a basket with reeds and <laughs> and send him down the river. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's like God's blood, right? We we'll talk I, I, about that another time because I'd love to hear that story. I'm sure I would like to know it. Yeah, I like to complete the story. Yeah, so visions—the mm. idea of getting visions just in your, just in your everyday activity—and having and understanding that you know these visions are like, well, is, is your creativity producing knowledge, or it's just like you can't control it. Mm. You just get like flashes of knowledge, or hey, I got an idea. Yeah, like some sometimes when a lot of the time when we're having a conversation, um, you'll say something and that'll that'll trigger something in my mind, and I just have this this clear picture in my head. It's normally only with with you uh, that it happens. I can't think of well, many other times that it hap- that it's happened. We we do push the limits on on like <laughs> ideas. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, I, I'd have to agree. There's there's already it's pretty very few times that that I'm. I'm pushed to think about something so much that my brain like squeezes out new ideas or I have like epiphanies of mm. like just ideas exploding in my mind. Mm. <laughs> I, I, need, I need a nap. brain pop a little. Yeah, no, it's, 
it's, I need to do more of that. I need to practice exploding my mind. <laughs> so uh, maybe we should climb more rooftops, hang out with the neighbors a little bit more. Yeah. Because that was insane. Mm. It was, that was like just, it wasn't, it was like that. It was like getting those visions, but it was like yeah. an open channel. Right. It was just ideas, 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 vision. Mm. Just, and and I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's right. Like I don't think from, a, from centuries of grandmothers watering their garden, Mexicans just inherited this power to paint cars. Like that, that is, that's obviously just interesting. <laughs> but that's what came to me. So yeah. I mean, like, you know, that, that, that's funny. That's what comedians are all about. Like taking their real life and then putting it, arranging their experience together in a way they can present it that it makes everyone laugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so during this time, I've got a phone call and Joanna rang me asked me how I was going and what I was doing. Yeah. Check, you know, what good wives do. Check up on you to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, <laughs> right? Good babysitters, is that what you said? <laughs> I, uh, I do call her baby mommy. <laughs> that's, not, that's not related. Oi, mamacita. All that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she, we had a conversation and, and I was trying to be cool. Like at this point, I, I know that my mind is like, I'm trying to focus on the conversation and yeah, yeah, water in the garden, everything's good. At this point, she's like, before you leave the house, don't forget, don't forget to check the fridge. Right. And I mean, in that, she was like, just check the whole house, take whatever you want, like food-wise, you know what I mean? Because my, my mother-in-law never eats at home. Like she's always out at work or uh-huh. she teaches like at two high schools or whatever. So it was like, cool, all right. So I'm looking for chocolate. That was like mission one. Um, <laughs> I found two boxes of the Chocolate Abuelita. Yep. Yeah, I was like, it's drinking chocolate. Nestle brand. Yeah. Table chocolate. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. Good on Nestle. Um, yeah, it's like, usually they make it for like drinking or you, you melt it in with your mole. You know, it's like cooking yeah. chocolate. Yeah. I looked at it and I was like tempted. I need, but I already know I've got three in my house. Like right. I never ran out of Chocolate Abuelita. That's loaded. <laughs> um, I, was, I was tempted to pinch one, but, but I didn't. I left them there because I thought if it was my chocolate, I count the bricks. Okay, I count the slabs, make sure no one's taking my, my stash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that's all down. And I thought, okay, I'm all, okay, the cupboards are done. Then I looked at the fridge. Like I, I, I stayed, I kept cool with Joanna and I said, okay, cool. I'm checking the cupboards, I'll grab whatever. But in the moment that I was about to open the fridge, it was like normal day, I got to open the fridge. And I just, I just felt like I shrunk into like a five-year-old, seven, ten-year-old Aaron. Like I was a kid again. I was, I was a kid again. I was just super excited. Like I could have started jumping on the spot with excitement that I'm opening a fridge. Think about it. I'm about to, I'm about to open a fridge that's not mine. Yeah. And understanding the concept of multiverse, infinite universe, unlimited possibility. This fridge could have had anything I wanted. Anything in the world. So I was pretty pumped. <laughs> I, I took a moment to like to focus on like what what I wish there to be, what could there be. Yep. I couldn't even imagined what I could find. What I what I did find was so far beyond my imagination. You found Zell from Ghostbusters. The <laughs> same way that Sigourney Weaver opened with the fire and the yeah, there's like this giant hell. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's That's... hell inside the fridge. What's his What's his name called? Zool, I think. Zool. I am Zool. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, no, it was much nicer and more, ex- more exciting than that. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm still pretty pumped. Like I'm about to open the fridge and I'm thinking like, okay, there's got to be like, you know, I would have settled with some yogurt, mm. even just like some crappy yogurt, maybe a Yakult. Like I'm thinking of what could be in there. Um, yeah, pretty much anything like that. Yeah. Just, just like a normal, like a snack pack, something <laughs> I could have loaded up, you know, a bag of grapes, yep. like anything, anything I could have. I, I was, but it wouldn't have been all rotten. Any of those things would have been, well, would have been off, right? Uh, she would have only been away for like maybe a week. So, yeah. so I'm thinking maybe yogurt. And even if yogurt goes off, sometimes it's got like it's it's thicker. It's like it's better. Like you even like sure. Anyway, so you know, but I'm using my imagination. Yeah. Like I could have settled for like anything, anything. I just wanted a snack at that point. Yeah. There was nothing. Okay. <laughs> there was. I mean, what, what I found was more exciting, that there was nothing in there that I could eat. Like, I opened it up and it was like a boring old fridge. <laughs> there was nothing. There was like a few vegetables down the bottom, some potatoes, a couple carrots in there. Like, you know, the, the, normal, the normal stuff, like, you know, half a bowl of milk. I don't know. It was just normal stuff. Mm. Nothing exciting. And then, and then, you know, because I've been at this higher level of like, now I need to serve the world and I need to do good. Mm. So I thought, you know what, I'll give, the, I'll give the fridge a quick clean, you know, so I could see there was a, there was a few uh, tomatoes there that were all shriveled up. I thought, well, there's no need for these. Just chucking a few things out. Yep. And there was a big pot, a big pot right in the middle, about this big. I, I couldn't quite see what was in it because it was kind of like it was frosted on the top glass. Mm. What it was, was something so alien, new. I'll try to explain what it, what it was. I put my hands in, and as they got maybe like an inch or two inches with, within grabbing the handles, I just felt like the fridge was cold. But in the realm of this pot was something more than that. It was like interdimensional coldness. Mm. It was it was cold like normal, but it had like a, a different feeling. It was like it was like um, like a, a dry cold, like a really dry cold. Mm. And as I, I picked up the pot, I could feel I could feel purple. <laughs> of course, yeah. Like it, it wasn't. It was. It was. I knew that. It, I mean, it did, and nothing looked purple. It didn't. There was no smell. There was nothing. It just. I, as my hands went into the dry cold, I could only associate that with, with like the color purple. It's like that, that feeling came over my whole body. So I'm holding this thing. I, I lift it up and I can just smell this. It was dead. <laughs> like it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like off. It, was, it was death. Yeah. It was dead. And purple death. The only... I mean, I, I did, I explained it like, if you can imagine, if you can imagine like seeing a unicorn run down the street with a rainbow at its tail. Yeah. Right. Like a nice, perfect, like, you know, normal street out the front here, a unicorn run past with like this rainbow trail of magic. Mm-hmm. And then in that very moment, um, the car from Mad Max, the interceptor comes around the corner, and runs it over. <laughs> like that that level of emotion of like wonderful dead like <laughs> like the Hare Krishna's higher taste yeah of divinity has been shot down <laughs> like this was this was a wonderful right you just soup. saw like take a take a big beautiful curry and then piss in it 
dumping it. <laughs> it. Right. Yeah, but I mean, but that's the smell. Okay, it was it was dead, but it wasn't like intrusive, like dead. It was just it was just horrible. Right. Like the smell wasn't horrible. It just made you feel horrible. Like something really devastating just happened here. <laughs> like this much this much food. You felt a great disturbance in the fridge. In my hands, in the pot. The smell. Like I had to keep smelling it. Meanwhile, like I'm feeling like I'm 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 a little kid. Mm. So it was like maybe it was all the anticipation of the fridge being magic and then all of a sudden nothing being there. Yeah. And then finding this big dirty pot of like rotten like I mean it wasn't really it was only like a little bit left of like some kind of vegetable soup that was left over. Yeah. Like in my whole life, like I'm thirty years old and I've never smelt anything, taste no, I didn't taste it. <laughs> <laughs> I put the pot inside the uh, inside like like the, the sink like right. where, you, where you wash up. But right. I, I put it in there and I'm looking at it. <laughs> And it's like, I had to, I just smell it. Like I've already, I've already smelled it a couple of times. I walked so carefully because I knew that this, it was unstable. Like the lid's rocking. I'm walking with it slow. <laughs> the beast it's, is trying to get out. It's, uh, it, it's got a different feel of cold. It's like purple. I'm, I'm feeling like if I walk far, like I wasn't going to drop it. Like I got, I got steady hands. Like I've got good, good um, motor movement control. Yep. Except I was concerned that the smell that this thing was making, it was going to tear time. <laughs> and I was going to walk through a dimension. Or if I dropped it, it would have just created like his wormhole in the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it, was, uh, it was unbelievable. I can't tell you what it, what it tastes like. Like my nose. <laughs> <laughs> the taste in your nose was unbelievable. Well, okay. Isn't taste and smell the same thing? Like, it, no, it was, getting, oh, well, look, it was yeah, getting in taste me. Taste is like 90% smell. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's in the sink. Save mission complete, it's in the sink, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? Like, I had no desire to even, like, wash the pot up. Like, I didn't sure. want to do anything. I was going to leave it, and I was like, oh, shit. I can't. Can you imagine that? Like, it's only going to smell worse. It's going to stink the whole house out. My mother-in-law's going to come back, and look at Aaron, prick, leaves shit in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, this thing was, it was out of control. <laughs> so, all right, I gotta, I gotta wash it. Leaves a big Cleveland steamer in the sink. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. I wouldn't do that. I pulled the lid off. Yeah. I pulled the lid off and the smell, like it, it wasn't bad. It was just interesting. <laughs> and it was in my face. It was, it was like, it was tangy, fruity, like kind of like a well-spiced bun. Mm. Like it was almost sweet. Like I didn't, I didn't know what it was. It was like every smell fermented. at the same time. Yeah, it was fermented. Yeah. It had like, it was, it was like white cream on top. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't see because of the glass, the glass lid. It had like little white specks on it. I'm checking out this, um, like I'm, I'm smelling it. It's like I want to, I want to, know what this smell is. Like I've, never, <laughs> I've never smelt it before. All I know that it was, it was purple. And at that point, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, I gotta, I've got to eat this. <laughs> like it was so interesting. It was just, I realized that it was like my childhood desire. Yeah. To it was like you know when kids find like a dead bird in the park. It's like, it's, it's filthy, it's rotten, it's like a dead bird, but you yeah. have to poke it. Yeah. Got to check what's in that. I had to taste it. I was telling Benny this story. <laughs> and Benny's like, you ate it? You ate it? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't. It was filthy. I, I ate it. And now I'm Spider-Man. Actually, you know what? If I had more time, maybe I would have put a little spoon in there. Mm. Maybe I would have eaten it. But something... At was... least, you know, see what's below the surface of the Oh, no, I checked check yeah. below what was... I checked below. And you saw like an eye poking out. No, it was just, it was just like Like clear. an eye on the end of a tentacle. 
<laughs> yeah, there was there was a life. <laughs> he had life. The smell was so interesting. Like I wanted to taste it, but part of me knew that it wouldn't have tasted bad. Mm. It's like the the inner child knew this. It can't taste bad. It's like it's like being an explorer. It's like you have to like if you're the person to discover a brand new color that you've never seen before wouldn't you want to name it something cool but you first have to see it in this case you have to taste it to name what I, like you ever tasted like remember that remember that soup Aaron found in the fridge that's what it tasted like you know I could have named my whole new taste yeah but pool some, game mixed with yogurt but did, mixed with uh, rotten cabbage but the thing was when I put water in there it was just like perfectly chunks of like potato and, and carrot and it looked completely normal. I think it was just a layer. It was mm. a layer on top. Mm. Like you could have probably cut the layer off. Have you ever seen like, um, have you ever cooked up like frijoles and left some of the water in the frijoles? Sure. And, and, then, and then it creates like a white, and leave it out, so that, not in the fridge, but leave it out on like on the stove mm. to cool down and let it sit all day. You ever done that? Yeah, especially like when I first soak the beans. If I, if I don't soak them overnight, you get the water boiling and then you you let it cool down and it's like a quick soak method. And especially with, I know what you're talking about, like with garbanzos, with, with chickpeas, uh, it gets a really thick froth at the top. Yes, that. You, yeah, you, you're supposed to remove it because it's got the, uh, the bad sugars in it, the sac, some, some kind of saccharide. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. That foamy, frothy sort of—it's usually not very thick, mm. but you remove it and then you can like reboil the beans and then mash them up or whatever you want. Yep. I, I found this layer, and I, I felt like it was a layer of that, but turned into like a, a thin layer of white yogurt. Mm. I think that's what I was smelling. That's what I was experiencing. Vegetable yogurt. I thought I could. I mean, in hindsight, I wouldn't have eaten it. But something, <laughs> something was telling me, forget, forget the taste or the, or whatever, all that, or the, the, the smell, the, the filthiness of it. The interdimensional porthole that it left on the well, carpet. That, something told me to eat it anyway. Mm. And I feel like if I did, I could have had a super psychedelic trip. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Like, I, I feel like the state of mind that I was in was telling me to eat it mm. because they knew that I would enjoy it. <laughs> they no well the higher the higher Aaron at that yeah. point knew that that would have been like pure medication. <laughs> um, so this is like when uh, when mm-hmm. people ask shamans in the Amazon, how did you know to to take this plant and boil it with this plant and mix it with that plant um, to make ayahuasca? And they say the plants told us. The pot told me. The pot told the pot, me. The pot told you, all right. The pot definitely told me. <laughs> the, the pot told me to eat the cream. And I didn't. I, because, I mean, I had to go. I had to go. I had like half an hour to catch a bus back home. Yeah. I, was, I, didn't, I didn't want to put myself through that. You didn't want to be vomiting uh, spiritual vomit all over the bus and everything. Can you imagine what homework I could have done for the podcast? <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I agree. That's how the shamans knew. Yeah. It's like you just know. It's like, you, mm. it's, like it's beyond a vision. You feel mm. what it is. A compulsion. But, well, the, the thing was... Come, come to me, come into the fridge. Well, I think that's why the, the Bible talks about returning to being like a, 
we need to return, return to the state of a child. Uh-huh. Obviously, like, just pure experience. Yeah. And that way, we just trust our intuition and everything would be cool. Yeah, well, I've heard people say that you, you can look at a child, like a five-year-old child, and uh, walking around a supermarket or a shopping center, and it's like watching someone on mushrooms. Because they're like, the eyes are like popping out, you know, what bright, huge pupils, like, holy shit, look at this stuff. I've never experienced this before in my life. And the, <laughs> it's like, the, it's the, well, they're liter- literally on a trip. They're having all of these new experiences. I never thought about it like that. Mm. And it makes me wonder too, because, you, you know, have you ever had the experience, like someone you've known for years... But then one day you actually look at their face and you notice their face is completely different to how you actually were thinking about it. Mm. You see all these intricacies that you, you never saw before. It's, yeah, looking with fresh eyes and that's what children do. Oh, I've, I've been looking at your face for a while recently. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's Thanks, <out>. handsome. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, with this... Because I, I can't explain the, the purple sensation, the fact that it was just this dry cold, the fact that I, I knew that I needed to eat it. Like I, it was just, I, I was supposed to, and I didn't. <laughs> so I, I wimped out. You missed the date with destiny. The thing was... It's a sad story. This weed was so good <laughs> that I was high well into the night. Like from... This never happened before. Yeah. Maybe it's because I haven't smoked in months. Like yeah. I, I just don't smoke. Yeah. And it was like two simple drags on a rooftop on a beautiful day. And it, it was like all afternoon, nearly all night. The thing that surprised me was at home, I don't normally have a soft drink. Hmm. Like I just, don't, I just don't have soft drink in my house. Hmm. And I found there was like half a bottle of Coke in the fridge that was there from, from like Christmas, Christmas party or gathering we had over. Mm. And it was, um, you know, Coke and brandy, right. as you do for, for your Christmas. As I reached for the, I just had this inclination, like I'm a kid. So I was like, you know, forget the diet, forget what I'm supposed to be doing, gym-wise, like I'm eating and whatever. I get home, open the fridge, big day, you need to relax. Like mm. my mind was like flying. Mm. Um, I opened the fridge and I saw the Coke down, I'm like, you know what? Actually, now I remember. Because I, I was worried I'd get in home. Yeah. Because I, was, I knew that I was, the whole bus experience was like, whoa. It's like I'm seeing too much. I'm seeing like people come home from work. We're all cruising home on the bus. This is, this is after I packed everything up. And I just wanted to get home. Hmm. Like I was, I was done with the day. It was, it was, like, it was a big day. Like I, I experienced too much. Had to clean up that pot and everything. It was, it was a big day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I finally... Aaron's big Mexican day. It was a big day. Um, just catching the bus. Because, I mean, I haven't, I haven't told the whole story, but I'm carrying this bag of dirt with me because I just had no place. Like, after I cleaned the garden up, I had a bag of dirt. And I was like, you know what? Worm farm at home. Better take the, back, better take the dirt back. Sweet. So I'm on, the, I'm on the bus and I'm wearing my nice pants. So they're all dirty. Because I don't know how it happened. I got black shit all over my pants. Hmm. Got no idea how that happened. Um, so I'm carrying this bag of dirt. People are looking at me funny. Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm reflecting that. Hmm. I'm on the bus home and I'm thinking, what, what do I do now? And uh, we're, we've lately, lately we've been put on iTunes. Yeah. So I started listening to myself <laughs> on the way home. Talk about morphic feels and shit. Uh-huh. And I was like, this isn't, 
the first five minutes, I was like, oh, like, what am I talking about? I don't know nothing about morphic fields. Like, you know, I'm just exploring this stuff. Like, who's this guy? What's he talking about? <laughs> this is me thinking as myself. Within five minutes, I forgot that I'm listening to myself. And, and you know how you, you hear yourself and it's never really exactly, you don't, like, you don't recognize your own voice? Yeah. I forgot I was listening to myself talk. <laughs> and I was, it was our podcast. And at first, I just, because I like listening to podcasts, I just put the podcast on so I could listen to like another podcast, of course not listen to myself, mm. but our podcast started playing. So I got wrapped into it. Mm. I started listening to where we're going and because my memory wasn't exactly linked to what we were talking about at the time, <laughs> I just started going along with the, like my, my mind just started going along with the, with the topic. And I started thinking I could see that our version of our, of our podcast at that time was a different fractal, a completely different like the Aaron that was listening to the podcast at that moment was a different Aaron to the person that interacts on this podcast, mm. like a different universe mm. Mm. because the flow of his mind was so different to the flow of my mind yeah. at that point. I thought, I thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah. But getting home, Joanna wasn't home yet. She was still coming home from work. So I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying this, this little trip. I'm going to make myself a brandy and Coke. As I picked up the bottle of Coke, it had exactly the same dry, cold, purple feeling. Right. So you throw it away. Throw it away. No, I, I drank it. Ah! You, <laughs> did you trip out? <laughs> uh, no, nah, I didn't. I didn't trip out. Uh, I, I did nothing. Like nothing like that happened. But it was. Just, it was just weird. It was weird that it had the same feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm um, the same color. Like the same purple, like I've never experienced that before. Mm. But Coke and rotten shit soup is exactly the same shit. <laughs> it's you it's heard it first. There's scientific evidence. I went there. Yeah, <laughs> it happened last week. <laughs> it's real. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess we're about out of time, man. We'll wrap it on that. Cool. That's a, that was a cool story. Um, cool. My name's Kurt Robinson. Aaron Battle. Uh, press like, leave us a comment, tell us a crazy story about feeling the color purple in, in your mother-in-law's fridge. And I hope you uh, enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on iTunes, and oh yeah, follow us on Twitter, ask a question on Twitter. Send them through because at Trouble Bubble. Content's good at Battle AZ. Yep. Cool. Alright. Peace.